Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Good morning, and welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting to those of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those who are watching on television and streaming our service of worship. We're grateful to have all of you, however you choose to come to us today. It is a great day in which we can gather together to celebrate our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we give God thanks for the privilege. So now we focus on the joy of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ together. you to stand as you are able as we join together in our call to worship from Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. This morning we present the Green family. Will and Callie, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin, and if so, you will say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves, and if so, you will say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races, and if so, you will say, I do. Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly and lead a Christian life, and if so, you will say, I will. And for all of us gathered here, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this family now before you in your care, and if so, you will say, we will. We will. So mom and dad, what name is given this child? William Taggart Green. And what name is given this child? Diane Quincy Green. Okay. Let us pray. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and William Taggart and Anne Quincy as they receive it, to wash away their sin and to clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in Christ's final victory. Amen. you just a second look at here I want you to sit, look at the water you want to put your hand in it you want to put your hand in it okay we won't <laughs> William Taggart I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and pray God's deepest blessings to be upon you all the days of your life 
Amen. Buddy, you did a great job. Can we fist bump again? All right, there we go. There we go. Mom, here we go. I know it, I know it. And Quincy, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And pray God's deepest blessings to be upon you all the days of your life. Amen. You want to put your hand in the water? You want, look at there, isn't that cool? What do you think about that, huh? All right, Mom, Dad, I'm going to let you hold them both, but I want to tell you two right here. Can I tell you something special? Do you know that water on your head? That water means that you are loved by God and claimed by God forever. No matter what happens to you in life, no matter where you go or what you do, God loves you and God made you. And all of these people here and all of these people here and everybody watching on television who sees you has just made a promise to bring you up in the faith. So one of these days you'll understand for yourself how important that water is and what it means for you. God loves you and claims you as God's very own. I love you. Love you. Blessings. Tag and Annie, the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may live to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now will you join me in the congregational response? With joy, With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into Christ's holy church. For we are all one in Christ Jesus our Lord. We promise to love, encourage, nurture, and support you. And to help you know and follow Christ. Amen. Blessings you.
are ill or recently hospitalized, including Arthur Shirley, Maggie Schneider, Carol Wilson, Louise Rolofson, and Bev Valines. And God, we give thanks. We rejoice in the birth of Louise Marie Robbins, child of Caroline and Jay Robbins, and great-great-grandchild of Marshall and Glenda Gazette. We rejoice in the baptism of Robert William Schlitz, the fourth child of Leah and Rob Schlitz. And we give thanks for new members, Jean Wick and Kim King. God, we lift up every prayer on our hearts before you because we know that you hear all of our needs and you give all of our blessings. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together our congregational prayer. Gracious God, our sins are too deep heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name and what our hearts can no longer bear. Set us free from a past we cannot change. Open us to a future which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and in whose name we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As our ushers come forward to receive our morning offering, and you're reminded that because you give, our church is able to provide Christmas cheer for over 200 students at Wakefield Elementary School. Every year, our congregation sponsors these children and provide Christmas gifts for them and their siblings. All of this is made possible because of your fervent generosity. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, as we offer our gifts to you this day, we pray that in our giving, we may be reconnected to the reason why we follow and the reason why we give. You called us to be disciples who make disciples, all in knowing who we are, who you are, and why we are following. Help us avoid those things which detract and distract, the desire to hear things that please us and the road made easier but that will not bring us to the kingdom of justice mercy and compassion that you desire for us we know you are our guiding light and in christ's name we pray amen
holy words. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your own heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you. We're grateful for those in the sanctuary, of course, as well as those watching on television and online. We say a word of greeting to those in Arkadelphia and in Conway, as well as those who watch in Little Rock. We also want to say a word of greeting to those in our nursing homes and hospitals. We are grateful for your presence as well. It is a joy to be able to gather together. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. The phone rang in the small church office. The secretary answered, First United Methodist Church. The man on the other end of the phone said, Yes, I would like to speak to the head hog at the trough. She said, I beg your pardon. He said, I would like to speak to the head hog at the trough. She said, well, sir, if you're referring to our pastor, we refer to him as pastor or reverend, but never head hog at the trough. He said, well, I beg your pardon. I'd like to bring a check for $100,000 up to the church. She said, hang on. I think the big pig just walked into the room. <laughs> Every time we talk about money, it piques our interest. It was no different with Jesus. In fact, with the exception of the kingdom of God, Jesus talked about money and possessions and how we are to handle it more than any other topic, more than forgiveness, more than loving one's neighbor. Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. And life is not found in the abundance of possessions. It is easier, Jesus said, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus talked a lot about money and possessions because he was fully aware that if we are not careful, money and possessions can possess us. And keeping things in their proper place and perfect perspective is important. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth, a fledgling group of people, 
little congregations that met in homes along the way. His letter is intended to be passed from one congregation to the next. And Paul is very open and honest about the need for funding in order to be able to do the work they have been called to do in order to meet the needs of those who are in need. Paul says, for those who sow generously, they will reap generously. In other words, those who are generous will receive generosity in return. God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give out of compulsion, but give because you want to give, because you need to give, says Paul, and you will be rewarded richly. Now, we don't talk a whole lot about money in the church with regard to a sermon series, but I do think it is important at times for us, like Jesus, to talk about the necessity to make sure that our money is used accordingly for the greater good of the kingdom of God, but to keep things where they belong in proper perspective along the way. This is a very generous congregation. It has been for a long time, but we can do better. Last year, we finished the year with a $350,000 surplus, which was extraordinary. But when we ran the numbers, we discovered that only 36% of our membership contributed a dollar or more to the budget last year. That means roughly two-thirds of those who claim to be members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church give nothing, zero, during the course of the year to support the mission and ministry of this congregation. We can do better. So what we've had to learn to do in the church universal is thrive on mediocrity. Because you think about what we could do if the vast majority of our congregation, our members, contributed some form of giving to the church to support its mission and ministry. Think about how many lives could be impacted. Think about how many more hungry people could be fed and naked people could be clothed and how many more people could hear the good news of Jesus Christ preached and taught. How many more relationships could be developed? How many more small groups we could create? All of the things that we are capable of doing, there is no limit if we are generous and what it is we can do and who it is we can reach. And in the world in which we live today, everybody, as has always been the case, needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. The church is generosity at work. We thrive on mediocrity. And for some reason, we're willing to tolerate it in the church, but we would never tolerate it in other areas of our life. If you get online to evaluate a physician and that physician gets 1.1 stars, are you going to go visit that physician? Probably not. You're not going to settle for a mediocre doctor. If you get online and look at a restaurant and they get one star, are you going to eat at that restaurant? You're probably not going to frequent that place because you don't want to go to a restaurant that serves mediocre food. If you have a broken pipe or if you have an electrical issue in your house and you need a repairman 
or repair woman to come and fix it. You're not going to settle for someone who does a mediocre job. We don't tolerate mediocrity in the rest of our lives, but for some reason, we put up with it in the church. It has always been the case. The church universal has always had to deal with those who are generous because so many are not for whatever reason. And I'm not sure I really understand why. I determined a long time ago that I cannot beg people to contribute to the church. I can only encourage them to do so and tell them what happens because you give. To see generosity at work and the difference it makes. And the bottom line is this. If you love Jesus Christ and his church, you will give. If you don't, you won't. It's just that simple. You can say you do all you want, but if you really love him and he is a priority in your life, then you are going to contribute to the body of Christ to see that the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ is done in the world. If he is really not that important, deep down, you're not going to. What we need to remember is that all of this that we have comes from God anyway. Every single bit of what it is we know, what it is we experience, we have. Psalmist said, the earth is God's and everything in it. That God, gold is mine, Deuteronomy. Capacity to gain wealth comes directly from God. Whatever skill set you have, whatever talent you possess, whatever knowledge is yours has been given to you by God so that you can earn a living, so you can provide, and so you can be generous. The Apostle Paul makes a big deal out of generosity and how important it is to recognize that when we sow, we reap in return. You think about it. We all know that it's been a tough year financially with the stock market, our retirement accounts, uh, the economy. We all know that gas prices have gone through the roof. We know that food costs more. We're all keenly aware of that. So where can you get the greatest yield for your buck? Where can you have the greatest profit with what it is you invest? It right now is not the stock market. It is always the church. You think about in the church what it is you can benefit from as a result. Somebody profits when you contribute. Someone who is hungry is fed. They profit from your generosity. Someone who is naked is clothed. They profit from your generosity. Someone who is lost is found. They profit from your generosity. Someone who is alone and afraid and longs for relationships and finds that within the life of the church profits from your generosity. 
Someone who simply needs to know that they matter, that they have a reason for being, that they have a purpose in life, and that God will never abandon them. When they hear that in the life of the church through the mission and ministry of this congregation, they profit. Every time you contribute, you yield a profit in the life of the church. That is always the case, and there is nothing else and no one else who can say that. We all know that the economy has been tough, but we also all realize that most of us still go out to eat, most of us still travel, most of us still shop for what it is we want. Generally speaking, even when things are tight, we may have to learn how to prioritize a little bit better, but we don't, generally speaking, go without in this congregation. We all know that. But there are people who go without. My question to you, and the question I have asked myself for many years is this. If you had to tell your children or your grandchildren how much you give to Christ and the work of the church, would you be embarrassed or proud to tell them? Would you teach them the importance of generosity or do you have no right to talk about it because you don't do it yourself i never apologize for talking about money because jesus talked about it all the time because your money makes an extraordinary monumental cataclysmic difference in the lives of people who need the church And if you do your part, it is an expression of generosity to the one who has been so generous to you. It is an expression of thanksgiving. And I have never once in my ministry had anybody who gives to the church complain to me when I talk about giving. Guess who the ones are who say, preacher, why do you have to talk about that? You talk about money all the time. Rarely do I talk about money. But when I do, I talk about it. And the ones who don't like it, of course, are the ones who tend not to do it. The intent is not to make anybody feel guilty. The intent is for you to recognize the great joy that comes with being generous in the work of Jesus Christ through the life of the church. We benefit so greatly and accomplish so much when we see generosity at work and we are dependent on you. That is, the body of Christ is dependent on you individually and us collectively to make that happen. It's just that simple. I think back on the history of this church. It's 110 years old. This church has gone through two world wars. It has gone through the Great Depression. It has gone through all kinds of changes in society. It has gone through a pandemic, and it is still here, and it is still doing great work, and it is still thriving. We are not just surviving. You all hear me. We are thriving because of your generosity. And I do recognize that if I have the audacity to stand up here and talk about what it means to be generous, then I better be doing it myself. Susan and I do it. We've always done it. 
We have never gone without anything. In fact, far too often we have way too much. And we try to be generous with the church because we have no choice. It's who we are. It's what we are about. And we want to do it. We want to see the good news of Jesus Christ proclaimed to the world in so many different ways. We want to see the hungry fed and the naked clothed. And I love seeing people who come in here and say, I have found my home. I was lost and now I've been found. However they say that. And it's because the church is generosity at work. Right now, for a variety of reasons, particularly in the United Methodist Church, there are a lot of congregations that are really, really struggling. There are a lot of United Methodist churches that are in rapid decline. We are not. On the contrary, we are growing rapidly. We are on pace to have more than 200 new members this year. And we're going to continue to grow because you give. There are a lot of churches right now that are splintered. We are not because we are unified in our understanding of what it means to be the church, to do the work we have been called to do and to make sure everybody does her or his part to make it happen. That's what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of United Methodist churches, some rather large, that are struggling mightily right now financially we are not could we do better of course we could but we are not in the position of other churches because of your generosity our what they call sphere of influence continues to go the church is always big on coming up with catchphrases and new ideas that have really been around for 2,000 years but we call it something else so it sounds like we just came up with it the sphere of influence is the notion that the church's impact is greater than just those who are here on Sunday that the impact we have goes far and wide and it does at Pulaski Heights and that sphere of influence is growing for lots of reasons, because you're telling somebody about Pulaski Heights, because you're involved, because we're on television, because we're online, because we have podcasts, because we have people out there sharing the good news and living as followers of Jesus Christ. Our sphere of influence is getting larger and larger when unfortunately some churches, their influence is getting smaller. Now, isn't it great to be a part of something that is so successful? something that is so vibrant, something that is so alive, and to know that it is the church that makes that happen. Because you give, you see generosity at work. Paul says it's up to you to make the decision about what it is you give. And I think that's important. I know people who send this church $5 checks with a letter to me, and it is an extraordinary sacrifice on their part. What a blessing for us to know that those kind of people would be that generous with us and entrust us with that money to do what we need to be doing. We all know people who could give a whole lot more than they're giving, and it wouldn't affect them in any way. They could still do everything they want to do. 
So Paul says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what you're going to give. And I want you to give generously. Don't do it under compulsion. Don't do it because the preacher said to do it. Do it because you want to do it, because you need to do it, because you have to do it, because it's a part of who you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And know that when you do do it, you are doing something incredibly great for the kingdom of God. If you want to know about generosity at work, you need to know that when your small children come to this church or watch online or participate in some way in some activity, they are told time and time again that they are loved by God. They learn from the earliest age how desperately they are loved. That is a message they will always hear. They will never have a memory of not knowing that they are loved by God because you give. Because you give, you see generosity at work in the lives of teenagers who are kind of in that awkward stage in life where they're self-conscious about how they look and how they relate all the time. We've all been there. But when they gather together, whether it's online or in person, some kind of small group, whatever, it, it, they are told you are somebody just as you are. Don't be somebody you're not. God spent nine months creating you the way you are just as you are before you were born into the world. You are sacred and you are holy. You're somebody. And every teenager needs to hear that. Because you give. We have had lots and lots of people who lived through a pandemic, who felt isolated and alone and afraid and hopeless, who have come to be a part of small groups, either in person or online, who have united with our church, who live in other states, who watch us and are part of Zoom calls and everything else. Now, they can't physically be with us, but they feel like they're a part of our community. And these hopeless people who had no friends and no contact point feel like Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church has become the very thing they need. You did that. That's generosity at work. We have had, I don't know how many people who are hungry, how many little babies who have been wearing the same diaper for four days because mom and dad had to say, we can't change your diaper. We'd rather feed you instead, and we've got to do one or the other. How many diapers we have given away, it's in the six figures for the year so that mom and dad can have a healthy baby who's not living with a dirty diaper that would make them sick, and they can focus on raising that child and feeding that child. You did that. Your generosity makes that happen. You might not see a child with a dirty diaper now wearing a fresh, clean diaper, but by golly, it happens, and you made it happen. Oh, my gosh. The work we can do, the good news we can share, the lives we can change, it is all because the church is generosity at work. We all know that in life, those things and those people that are most important to us, that stand at the top of our list of priorities, are going to be the priority 
with regard to our time, our energy, our efforts, our money. Where does Jesus Christ and his church rank for you with regard to your time, your energy, your effort, and your money? What's important for all of us to remember is that every dime you contribute, every bit of the effort that you make in any way to be involved in something here, reaps a benefit, yields a profit, changes a life. We have to do more than just say we are. We have to show we are who God calls us to be. Because I always remember what the old preacher said. When the ushers came down to take up the offering, the old preacher said, Lord, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, what we put in the plate is what we really think of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning and the hymn of invitation is number 87, What Gift Can We Bring? As we sing our closing hymn, if there are those watching on television or online who would like to unite with Pulaski Heights in some kind of special way, we would encourage you to do so. You can be in contact with the church. We hope the number is on the screen. Please let us know, and we will do everything in our power to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ, to tell you about this church and have you become a part of this faith community. For those here in the sanctuary, you'll see a card in front of you in the pew rack that says how to join. During our closing hymn, the pastors will come down to the front. We invite you to come forward. We'll give you the vows of the church and we'll celebrate our presence with you today. So if you choose to do that, we invite you to do that now as we all stand together to sing our closing hymn.
to welcome Preston Davis today. Uh, Mr. Davis started joining us right when we reopened after the pandemic and has been a faithful attendee here. And we're so glad that he has now chosen to make this, this commitment public uh, to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. President, I just ask you on behalf of the whole church, will you be loyal to Christ through the ministries of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and support them with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And if so, you will say, I will. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Congregation, we have a response as we welcome our new member. We remind ourselves of those who are members of this congregation that you're reaffirming the vows you took when you united with this church family. So let's welcome our newest member. We, we rejoice to recognize you as a member of Christ's Holy Church, and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for a long time, he's been faithful and committed to this congregation. We want you to go out these doors. It's not raining, but it's not real pleasant out there. So we're going to go out this way. We hope that you'll come through into the greeting hall, welcome him into the life of the church, and say a word to Jay and to me as well. We'd be glad to speak to you also. We want to remind you that communion is available in the chapel. So if you're interested in that, please go out these doors, and you'll see the signage that will tell you where to go. So we say to all of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus. And tell somebody about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Again for worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.